Coming up on Podcast 1888, Tesla loses a key manager, the Audi RS6 EV saloon, and lots of electric buses. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Welcome to a new Patreon producer, Sam signed up about a week ago. Now, Sam, uh, is your name Dutch? Your patron came through in Euros, so I don't know, but your surname, is it Reyes? R-E-I-J-E-R-S? There's a Dutch origin to that. Sam Reyes, I hope I get your name correct. I always do. I'm funny about names. I don't know why. I just think it's a respect thing to get somebody's name right. It's a personal thing, isn't it? If I got it wrong, let me know, Sam. I'll get it right on the next podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information. Today is Tuesday, 8th of August. I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with a LinkedIn blog from Jim Farley. He is the CEO of Ford Motor Company. He writes, A few of us are setting off this week across the American West in an F-150 Lightning to go and see researchers, businesses, dealers, salespeople, EV conversion shops, EV drivers and communities. There are things you can't learn in an office or from a PowerPoint. We'll use the roads and charging stations that millions of EV drivers are using to power their lives in this new world and even return to the charging station we visited last year that in our Tesla deal. Long hauling in an EV truck is an act of pioneerism, not because it's hard or dangerous, but because it's a new way to experience America. Shifting from fueling stations to charging stations requires new behaviours, opens new possibilities. Thanks to the technology and the lightning, I'll be able to get work done from the road, just like so many of our customers do every day. I'll pop a link to his LinkedIn page in the show notes. I saw on threads some Ford drivers posting selfies with the CEO of Ford at a charging station. And I hope that the people around him, because there's no doubt about it, that the CEO of Ford is not going on a road trip in a Lightning without some minders, without some handlers, probably some PR people tagging along as well. Uh, I hope they don't tell Electrify America the route. I hope they don't tell people where they're going. I hope there's not you know, a car two hours ahead of them to make sure the chargers are working. If they turn up and the chargers aren't working, or they're the Signet chargers that uh, are getting so much attention online um, right now, or w- whatever, I hope that it's a pucker experience he gets. It would be easy for him not to. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him at the weekends when he's out with the family, just driving his Lightning and doing it himself. But this is kind of more of a high-profile road trip that the boss of Ford is taking. I hope it's the real deal. Now, Tesla's longtime chief financial officer, Zachary Kirkhorn, someone who you hear on the earnings calls every quarter, alongside Elon Musk, Drew Baglino, etc., is stepping down from his role in a sudden and surprise move that caught the market unawares. He'll be replaced by somebody else from the company called Vibhav Tanisha. Now, Zachary Kirkhorn's been with Tesla for 13 years, with a CFO for the last four. Was 34 or 35 years old, I think, from memory when he took on that job. He might not even be 40 years old yet. Running, you know, a trillion-dollar company. Uh, he played a key role in Tesla's growth at the time when he took over. If you remember back back in the day, he says, four years ago, uh, they weren't the money-making machine that they are now. There were swirls of rumours around Tesla because they were losing a, you know, a billion dollars a quarter or whatever. 
He earned respect. Uh, he had a straightforward approach. His replacement has been part of Tesla since 2017. And unlike other leadership roles at Tesla, the CFO role has been one of stability, really. Deepak Ahuja was there for a decade before uh, Kurt Korn took over in 2019. Tesla didn't comment on the reason for his sudden departure, but said he'll be around until Christmas to help with the transition. Uh, probably just working out some gardening leave there. Maybe he's going somewhere else or just stopping and cashing in some share options. But either way, uh, a big change, actually, to the voices that you'll hear, or a voice that you'll hear on the earnings call, if you are super into Tesla world. Okay, let's move on. In the first six months of this year, 152,000 EVs were registered in Shanghai. Over half of all vehicles registered, and that's good, because Shanghai, one of China's leading cities in embracing EVs, has laid out their new plan between now and 2025, and that is to continue to sell at least 50% of all new passenger vehicles as pure electric cars promoting electric, and they do say fuel cell for freight as well, but there's just none of them around. They want to have uh, uh, 10,000 fuel cell vehicles between now and 2025, and if that's what China wants, that's normally what China gets. It's all about infrastructure with hydrogen. The technology's at okay. Um, it's all about whether you can refill where and when, because electricity, if you look around you right now, is everywhere. Hydrogen, not so much. Uh, Shanghai is home to big names in the EV industry. Neo's global headquarters, Tesla's factory. The city has stopped offering free license plates for plug-ins. Only pure electrics can receive them at no cost. For combustion engine vehicles and even plug-in hybrids, anything that burns anything, you must win a license plate through the auction system. And they're not cheap, by the way. It's in, it's in five figures in terms of the US dollar's equivalent. Moving on, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has fined the Californian EV startup Canoe $1.5 million for allegedly providing investors with misleading revenue forecasts during its IPO in 2020. Uh, the SEC said the projections were unreasonable, considering two significant projects accounting for almost all the projected revenues were no longer active or feasible. Uh, the former CEO Ulrich Krantz is, uh, was found to have been aware of the exaggeration and has been fined $125,000, banned from serving as an officer or director of a company for three years. He was, many call him the father of the BMW i3 before he left to go do canoe. And that's awkward because where is he now? Oh, he's at Apple's electric car project. That's a difficult conversation with the boss, isn't it? Hi, Tim. Yeah. Hi, Tim Apple. Yeah, I got some news. I'm in a bit of trouble. Hope he's okay. Uh, Electrify America are introducing station-specific pricing and bringing back idle fees. After having raised charging rates earlier this year, they're now shifting from uniform nationwide pricing to local station-specific pricing. Yeah, it mirrors a gas station, so it's no biggie, is it? Along with pricing changes, idle fees are being reintroduced for those who occupy a station once your vehicle has reached 100%. I think it should be lower than 100%, but there's a very good argument for it not to be. Uh, these are DC fast chargers. You know, the last, unless you're driving an Audi e-tron, the last 10% can take an hour in some cars. So that's, you, you know, people leave their car on a DC fast charger, go to their weekly shop for two or three hours. Anyway, a 40 cents per minute fee is applied, encouraging drivers to free up charging spots. It'll stop people who certainly have got free Electrify America charging with their car, and so many new cars come with free EA charging as well, uh, to just go and plug it in, leave it plugged in for hours, and just just block DC fast chargers, which 
people are doing in the US. And some people are cool and into the EV community and helping our brothers and sisters charge their cars and others don't give a damn. They're like, well, I'm leaving it plugged in. So then what can you do? Uh, The changes come into effect on August 17th. Customers can check the new prices via the EA app. And those who subscribe to Pass Plus membership save 25% on their charging costs. Membership going up from $4 to $7. Moving on, Samsung SDI, a major EV battery manufacturer, has been expanding their battery business recently with their 46XX cylindrical cells. 46 millimeters is the diameter, but the height... Well, it changes. So Tesla make their 4680s. Uh, Samsung SDI has been focusing on the large cylindrical battery cells since 2022. Preparations are underway uh, uh, for uh, them to make more of the 46120s, I believe they are, 120 millimetres in height. Much bigger battery than Tesla's 4680. Uh, That's for BMW, I believe. I think BMW's sixth-gen technology will be supplied by Samsung's 46120s, or maybe the 4695s for the lower batteries, perhaps on BMW sports cars as well. Samples already out with customers from Samsung, uh, SDI, and the performance metrics, things like energy density, the charging, discharging time, the cycle life, uh, thermal management, even the cost, have all been finalised a year before series production. They all say they're hitting the targets that they need to make those batteries, those cells, sorry, will be made in Hungary, aligning with BMW's plans for their next-gen electric cars. One of their BEVs will be made in Hungary, with their Samsung SDI as the supplier. The planned production scale, 10 gigawatt hours per year. Not one of the biggest gigafactories in the world, but still very impressive, don't get me wrong. And certainly enough for BMW, you would have to say. Now, the Mini Cooper EV, inspired by the classic design from 1959, brings a retro style, says BMW. BMW Mini Cooper, but with some futuristic sounds. The new Mini will include an exhaust note. I think this is going to die out really quickly, by the way, having exhaust notes on EVs. You remember when we first got mobile phones and on the early iPhone, the notepad feature literally looked like a notepad. I remember reading an article about this once. On the early iPhone, if you wanted to make a note, then you'd open up notes or notepad, whatever it's called. And it would literally like a leather bound. There was like little stitching on the screen and it was kind of yellow as well, like paper. It's called skeuomorphism. And it was to help people who had just got a mobile phone with a big screen coming from a Blackberry with a keyboard or something or a Nokia. And uh, skeuomorphism was to kind of trick the brain using something that we're used to, a leather bound writing pad in a digital environment. I think... My prediction is, I'll put this on the record, here's my receipt for this one. In the next few years, that'll all go away with EVs. They're doing it with the, with the Hyundai Arnic 5N and having a bunch of sounds. Mini are doing it, getting an exhaust note. I, I think if anyone turns it on, they'll go, ugh, and turn it off again. I, Whenever I've heard these examples, I've gone, I would never have it on in a million years. What is cool, though, is they've got these different drive modes. One of them is called Go-Kart, which turns the whole interior red and black. Angry! Um, There's a timeless mode, which is the one that mimics the exhaust sound of classic minis of the 1960s. There's trail, core, green modes as well. This is balance mode. If I push this button, you should be able to hear what the car does when you engage balance mode. Ooh, it 
feels like a fancy spa, doesn't it? I feel like I'm going to sit in a sauna or something and relax with no children around. Uh, a forest-like auditory experience is... Uh, is what they call it. No, no, it is just, it just sounds like a forest. You haven't got to write a forest-like auditory experience. You could just write, it's the sound of a forest. Thanks, press release writer. (laughs) Hey, they're running their money. They're just flowering up the language. Right, coming up, we're going to talk electric buses and uh, the Europe's first lithium refinery. Could well be in the UK. I'll tell you the details on the way next. Stick around. Rightio, then. Audi RS6 Saloon is coming. All electric version up against things like the BMW i5, M60, the Merc, EQE, AMG. It's a four-door performance model. The RS6 e-tron is out in 2025, and it's going to be an estate version as well. Sorry, it's Audi, so I'll call it Avant, not estate, but the Avant performance estate version. And... This is to accompany the A6. Now, if you think I'm making a mistake there and you say, oh, no, he means the Q6, the new SUV. I just don't talk about it very much, but there is a new A6 e-tron coming and an A6 Avant, the saloon. Uh, But, of course, the Audi Q versions, the crossovers, the SUVs get all the attention, and that's what they've been making so far. But the A cars, the A series, in terms of the nomenclature of uh, Audi, that they're coming as well. Uh, they're going to be based on the PPE platform, 800 volts. It's a platform that is being made to build the Porsche Macan EV, for instance. So similar specs to the Taycan EV, very high voltage system, very fast charging, 270 kilowatts, asterisk next to that. So because I think I have a sneaky little feeling in my waters, They've upgraded that. And I think when the, that uh, when those cars come out, they're going to try and push at least 300, even if it's 301 kilowatts charge speed, just for bragging rights. But uh, I, I may be wrong. Just have a feeling. Uh, they've been upgrading the battery packs and the electrical architecture. New silicon carbide inverters in there as well. New thermal management to keep the pack under control. Q6 goes on sale, I think, in the spring. And obviously the SQ6 and the RSQ6, and then this car, I'm talking about the RS6 Saloon, and the Avant version, the e-tron, is going to be a 2025 model year. So at least a year, I think more than a year away from those vehicles. BYD and Alexander Dennis celebrating 1,500 electric buses, uh, the Enviro 200 electric bus. I see tons of these. If I'm up in London for some work, I see them everywhere now. And, well, that would make sense. 1,500 have been delivered. 300 have joined Go Ahead in London. That's a bus company uh, that operates bus routes for transport for London. And uh, back in 2016, they took their first delivery of the first 51 of these for their Waterloo site. So I used to get off the train. I used to go from Parkston to Waterloo, two-hour train journey every day. Back in the old days, when I was on the radio, you know, people used to know who I was. Uh, No, I've always been a nobody. But when I was running radio stations, uh, national stations up in London, I'd do a two-hour commute every day, five days a week, get off at Waterloo, and there was always electric buses around there. When you got further away, you wouldn't see so many of the old stinky old diesels. Normally a couple of hydrogen buses broken down somewhere near Waterloo Bridge. (laughs) They were always broken down. And um, and now 1,500 of the Alexander Dennis BYD buses have been delivered, uh, which is very cool here in the UK. UK is going to be also the site of the first and largest lithium refinery in Europe, recognising the metal's crucial role in EV batteries. Demand for lithium has grown rapidly. Of course, it's all processed in China. The world is weaning itself off China and East Asia. Uh, UK government has approved Green Lithium, a UK company, to build the refinery in Teesside in 
England. Uh, 50 tonnes, 50, sorry, 50,000 tonnes. 50 tonnes wouldn't be a lot. Uh, 50,000 tonnes of uh, battery-grade lithium annually. Uh, next, Chinese suppliers are flocking to Mexico to support Tesla's new Gigafactory 6, drawing on the car component makers in the area to invest in the area around Tesla's Mexico Gigafactory. Why are they doing that? Well, dozens are there more expected to follow suit as well to invest in the area so that the Chinese companies have a head start in arguing to be components suppliers for the production lines there at Tesla's Mexico Gigafactory. Tesla's new Mexican factory will make a million cars every year starting late, late 2024 if it's all on target. The Shanghai Gigafactory is their biggest production hub globally, uh, producing uh, almost a million cars a year. I think it's about 750,000 official, but I think it's almost a million vehicles a year. Uh, go to Germany now and Lower Saxony's state-owned transport company, LNVG, is going to get rid of their hydrogen trains. They were sold the dream. I think they were sold a certain something anyway. The hydrogen fuel cell trains. And guess what they're going to replace them with? Pure battery electric trains. 102 of them uh, over the next few years because they ran the numbers. And the battery electric trains they can buy are a lot less expensive to run compared to the hydrogen fuel cell options. They've already begun using hydrogen fuel cell trains. There's 14 of them in operation. It was all fanfare, world first, using fueling from a hydrogen filling station that will give a thousand kilometres of range. Ah, any of the things that hydrogen can do, battery trains can't do that. Well, guess what? Fast forward and... They're binning them off. They're going for pure BEV trains. They'll be recharged in places along the line with overhead pantograph lines or charging islands, more cost-effective than hydrogen or even diesel trains. So not only are BEV trains better, not only are BEV cars, boats, trains, all better than everything else, cheaper as well, uh, which is amazing because a lot of times diesel for commercial vehicles like trains or buses often subsidised by governments as well. Now, two years ago, they did sign a deal for 34 of these double-decker battery trains, and they'll be in service by the end of next year. And finally, a little one to watch, by the way, uh, the Car Wow channel have done another one of their drag races. Always fun to watch, kind of frothy and pointless and meaningless, but say it's why we like watching stuff on YouTube sometimes. And they always produced so beautifully. Matt Watson's such a good presenter of car stuff as well, and they've got the Rimac Nevera, a Formula One Red Bull RB8, it's pretty old now, and a McMurtry Spearling fan car, quarter mile, Rimats Nevera, 2,000 horsepower, McMurtry Spearling, 1,000 horsepower, but a fan sucking it to the ground, and an 800 horsepower RB8 Formula One car. Of course, the Rimats is four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, the other two are rear-wheel drive. I won't spoil the result for you. I will tell you that something with batteries wins. It wasn't the Formula One car. It's a drag race on a pretty manky old bit of tarmac, a bit of runway by the look of it, an old airfield. So a Formula One car is always going to have a high ride height, never going to get off the ground, tons of wheel spin. It's not fair, but it looks good in the thumbnail, right? It's a Formula One car. and um, But the other two, the electric ones, are interesting, really interesting uh, to watch. The biggest takeaway from the video, as Matt says, he has learned... It's not called Rimac, it's called Rimac, because that's Mate's name, and it's Croatia. And so he goes, I'm sorry, I'll correct myself. That's, for me, the biggest takeaway. (laughs) 
I'll pop a link in the show notes if you want to watch it. It's really good. That's our podcast today. Premium partners that get the show on the air every day. Little daily mention for Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, and Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. National Car Charging are on the US mainland and Aloha Charger in Hawaii. Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging. Get your app, get your map, and get going. It's so simple. Lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need in this shift that we do to electric. Thank you, Lease Plan. Like your podcast for today. I'll catch you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.